fuck you. That's my name. <laughs> You know it's not racist? Halloween 5, because there's no black people in it to be racist again. <laughs> we solved it. That's how you solve racism. Boom. No more racism. Hey, this is Sharks Across Hollywood, and <laughs> this is week four of Halloween. It's the last week of Halloween, I guess. Yeah, we're, we're talking about Halloween 5, our yearly our yearly Halloween movie. and then and we Our act- fifth yearly Halloween movie. <laughs> no, we actively get to see the series take a dip here. Cheers to that, I guess. This is the one that really proves that these movies are all fucking over the place. Yeah, because I rewatched the fourth one. Because so I know, did I. I know this is part of the Thorn trilogy, and I'm like, hey, this is actually pretty Pretty good it's kind of scary the characters aren't the most annoying fucking people on the planet even though they're nice and you like want to like them but you can't because they're obnoxious but like they're actual characters and we actually give a shit about them for like a second at least it's cheesy as hell but it gets more fun with rewatches like i i enjoy it more and more i probably watched it four times at this point and it yeah i just enjoy it more every time i see it so you know I mean, I obviously Donald Pleasance and um, oh, my God, I'm blanking on her name. Danielle. Danielle Harris. Fuck. Obviously, both of them are great, you know, but uh, even the other characters who aren't very good by acting standards, they get more fun with each rewatch. But then you take a good chunk of those characters and transplant them into this train wreck. (laughs) And uh, even they couldn't save this one for me. Not even the guy from Three Ninjas Knuckle Up can save this fucking movie for me. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, which, which guy's that? He's he plays Michael. Michael Myers, not oh, the really? other Michael. Yeah, yeah. We kind of had a debate as to why the hell they would name another character Michael. Oh yeah, in we this we, movie. we talked about that last year, even though we didn't even fucking talk about this movie last year. That's kind of funny. My son brought it up as soon as uh, as soon as Mikey was introduced. He was like wait what i'm imagining i don't know because there's a part where tina gets in the car and she's like oh michael michael this michael that and we're just like yeah you're talking talking to michael i'm i'm wondering if there was something else in the script before but they just stopped caring after a while because who fucking cares i guess because i don't sorry i lost my train of thought there i was i was following you and then i wasn't following you all of a sudden then i was lost and then you kind of like left a space for me to yep respond and i blanked hard and that's kind of how it felt watching this movie too yes that's actually a you're right uh (laughs) that's a perfect description i'm actually curious okay this movie is an hour and 36 minutes how long is halloween for an hour and 28 minutes okay so those that extra eight minutes i i felt it like you would not believe watching this movie a couple times like it starts out promising enough actually the first like 10 minutes i'm like yeah all right we got we got some good stuff going here not counting the ending like going through the ending of part four and stuff but we the opening credits are kind of cool and intense with the with the pumpkin carving and the and the knife slashing noises yeah that worked out all right for me it was a step down from the opening credits of four and in that sense, it was indicative of where this movie was going. It's not that it was a bad opening credit sequence. It was a it was a decent opening credit sequence. But four had this amazing opening credit sequence that the movie couldn't live up to. And this one has an OK opening credit sequence that the movie can't live up to. Well, we are firmly into the into the late 80s, early 90s 
horror thing right now where everything had to get mm-hmm. just slightly more extreme to keep people's attention because there were so fucking many of these. Like, there were, what, already eight Jason movies or Friday the 13th movies at the time? There was already... Th- I think we were at six... Uh, Nightmare on Elm Streets at this point. And then all the other random slasher fucking things throughout the 80s. Thanks, John Carpenter. What the fuck, man? (laughs) It's funny because he invented the genre, but then this franchise was trying to play catch up at this point. Yeah, and he's just like, and he's just like, you know what? I'm out. The only thing that really freaks me out is the quality of this fucking movie. Trying to segue, I'm trying to trying to segue back into it. Yeah, I I feel you doing that, and like I can't even muster enthusiasm for it because this movie is so fucking mediocre. So it's not just me. I know I'm still sick. Like we recorded our Patreon episode last week, and I was way sicker, but now I'm still coughing stuff up out of my chest. So every once in a while, when I when somebody says something funny, I'm gonna laugh, and then I'm gonna cough some more. So that's gonna be really cool. So prepare yourselves, folks. That's the kind of rock and roll lifestyle ride you're in for with this episode. Fuck yeah. So we already talked about the intro. It's a pumpkin and it's kind of cool, but you like the subtlety of the fourth one of the fourth one's intro. And I'm like, you might as well just go all in and (laughs) fucking whatever. This is definitely one of those um, attention grabbers. Like it, it, it's really, it's like a, a way less subtle version of the Dexter opening where it's this not violent thing being presented as a really (laughs) violent thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's exactly like that. Then we go through the ending of part four, like the last couple, couple minutes, you know, where Michael gets shot by those giant cop guns and ends up, up in like the mine shaft or whatever the hell it is and then he <laughs> with the shotgun machine gun that thing was fucking massive that's like terry cruz level from fucking uh exactly <laughs> it was ridiculous then you know he uh he's kind of fucked up he ends up crawling out he crawls away just as the fucking cops throw dynamite down there yeah well i don't know if you noticed but in the original one if you look at the way the top of that hole is presented it looks very much like an old well like it's got it's circular it's all circled in stone but then in this one they're like nope it's a mine shaft and they cut down into it and it's square and it's wood lined (laughs) like a mine shaft nope nope didn't didn't pay that much attention to it at all i'm glad you did though (laughs) it's pretty glaring when you're looking for it because yeah they didn't show the inside of it in the last movie but in this movie they did and in this movie the cops throw a bundle of dynamite down but michael escapes just in time and falls into the river yeah and he floats down the river a little bit uh finds a nice cabin in the woods and there's a nice old man in there because that makes total fucking sense that they would put a 35 foot mine shaft right next to a spot that is right next to a river rather than just going in through the three foot opening that comes in from the river. Don't ask questions. This is Haddonfield. (laughs) Uh, And there's a nice old man there who just takes care of Michael for a whole year. Apparently knowing what we know though about the thorn people and at which i don't know a lot because i still haven't watched halloween 6 with fucking paul rudd yet we have to ignore that all right so you can't apologize for this movie with that because that is not presented up to this point well that that that's true uh it gets hinted at well it doesn't even get hinted at we just see this guy walking around all we see is his boots and we see his outline he's obviously a cowboy or yeah something like that and the tattoo and all that shit but yeah i was wondering well because i was thinking like did Michael just like lay on that thing for the whole year? Why isn't he? Why didn't he murder this guy? Like, sooner? yeah, it. <laughs> that's my assumption. Michael has just been lying there for an entire year, not moving. <laughs> this dude is just like, 
I don't know what to do. The guy just stays asleep. He won't eat anything, but he's not dying. So whatever. And eventually Michael just becomes part of the background of this dude's life. Uh, yeah. So, the, and, and, and again, it all takes place a year. Like a- after that, we cut to a year later and we see Jamie, Jamie's little girl from part four who tried to murder her apparently stepmother. They keep referring to these people as her step siblings and step parents, but I'm like, she was adopted. Well, you know, whatever. I'm not overly hung up on that. That is the least glaring of all this movie's problems. <laughs> It's just indicative of how much attention was paid to shit. That is accurate, yes. Because overall, we have we have a decent Michael Myers. I think I just I, he he's good. There's there's some shots where I'm like, yeah, that's, okay, cool. We're 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 getting there, right? This is gonna be cool. Nope. It just goes on and on and on and on. And this movie could have been cut down like 15 minutes and it would have been fine. I think the guy who plays Michael is fine. I don't care for the mask. This iteration of the mask is pretty bad. I, I feel like that's a universally recognized thing. I haven't heard anybody come out and be like, no, man, the five mask is the one. I don't give a shit because I, st- I saw the second one and I remember how weird that mask was. Wait, what, what, <laughs> it wasn't really the mask. It was them putting shoulder pads on the dude, right? Was that the one that they put shoulder pads on him or was that the fourth one? I I don't remember. It's been a while since I watched two. I think the last time I watched two was like the year we did it. So it's been three years. Me too. And that's the only time I ever watched it. So Uh, I did watch it twice that year. I don't remember if I gave a shit enough to watch movies twice yet. I definitely enjoyed it enough to watch it (laughs) twice. But what what happened with that was I watched it once and then I wanted my son to watch Halloween. And so I watched it once with him. And then I was like, you know what? Fuck it. And I just watched it a second time with him. And I think I did that in a single day. Nice. Wow. <laughs> well, you know, you try and do what you can for your kids. We as watched. a result, my son fucking hates Halloween as a franchise. Before I made him watch four <laughs> last night because he came over and I was like, shit, I haven't watched it this week, so I have to watch it tonight. But he hasn't seen four. So guess what, son? Another Halloween double feature. And uh, so after we watched four, he goes, I can't believe I'm saying this. But uh, my favorite Halloween movies list now goes three, four, two, one. Well, fair enough, I guess. One is definitely the least, like, there's the least happening in that immediately when you, you know, for, for like a younger viewer too. Oh yeah. For the short attention span kids, it, it, it it's a really slow moving by today's standards. And I love it. It's, 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 it's a classic, man. It started, it didn't start the slasher thing, but it really uh, brought it to the forefront of fucking culture. And then, and then fucking now it's everywhere. Well, not now, but then in the, in the eighties, oh my God. You just couldn't get away from them, and I love slasher movies, so I'm okay with it. It changed the landscape of horror for all time. Jamie, little Jamie, she is dreaming about having tried... Well, she's having, like, a weird flashback dream thing. She's attached to all this equipment monitoring her brain. She's in, like, this clinic thing for kids, it looks like. She's dreaming about having tried to murder her foster mom, who they keep referring to as her stepmother, which is weird. Who survived, <laughs> by the way. She She's not dead. They... Neither of the parents appear in the movie, but they're not, neither of them are dead either. So is this where she's dreaming about that? Or is this one where she's dreaming about Michael killing the, the hobo dude? When Michael kills the hobo, she has another attack. Oh yeah. No, that doesn't happen yet. Well, it happens in the same scene, but it. Oh, okay. 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 I couldn't remember which happened first. Uh, She's having the flashback to her, to her mom right now. You see the, her POV with the clown mask on and shit. Yeah, I do remember they did that because it's like a, it's like a recap, but not the Friday the 13th recap style. And she's like, uh, she's nonverbal now, which means absolutely fucking nothing because she'll start talking again in like an hour. (laughs) Like 
yeah halfway through the movie she just gets it back so i was like okay well that was dumb yeah like it like it would make sense that she like went a little nutso after that and wasn't able to talk but she this is the last movie she's in so it doesn't fucking matter well, it's the last movie that the actress is in, and I can see why, because she went on to, like, do Marked for Death with Steven Seagal, because she thought, you know, like, yeah, this is, this is, this is my, this is my pathway to A-list. But then it's a <laughs> Well, Steven it was Seagal her pathway movie. to a career, put it that way. Oh, holy shit. Yeah, she has one of those. Yes, she does. And well-deserved, I must say. Yeah, she's awesome. Like, as, as stupid as some of the shit she has to do in this movie is, she's really given it. Gotta- yeah, this, this is a great example of the importance of a director. Because we've seen from Halloween 4 that she is an amazing actress. Like, she really is. She's so far beyond her years in her ability as a performer. In this movie, she's having a hard time convincing me. Like, and so, and I, so I know it's not her fault. You know, I know it's not because she can't do it, it's because the director couldn't get it out of her. Yeah, it's because this is another one of those where it came out less than a year after the. The last one. Like, they literally turned it around and had this one come out the following Halloween. So, it's no surprise that there's a sharp drop-off in quality, but it's sharp. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. She's, like, freaking out. She's screaming in silence because she can't verbalize anything. The nurse is, like, hugging her and, like, oh, it's okay. Are you having another dream? And then we see Michael and, oh, like, you see her hand kind of moving around weird. And Michael's hand, it's, like, intercutting. And then he flips over his hand and you see this tattoo on his wrist. And oh, like, okay. This is where it starts. Yeah. Okay. Like, that's never been there before, so I don't know. It wasn't even in the fourth <laughs> movie, so I don't really understand what the hell they're doing. No, it's brand new. They, I mean, I do think that the director had a vision. He's just not a visionary. <laughs> Like, we see Michael kind of, you know, he's doing his thing. He's popping up, putting on his mask, and it all happens really quick. The the intercutting, it's fast cutting because we're, we're getting to that era of film now. And he puts on his mask, goes and kills the guy, and then Jamie writes on this chalkboard or whatever, he's coming. This is a great example of how the director clearly wasn't competent in his medium because... <clears throat> Okay, you have the the nurse, right? The nurse is coming in and she's freaking out. This is a professional person who's been watching this kid for a year up to this point. She does this all the time, we're led to believe. Like, this is a regular occurrence for her. Why is this nurse freaking out? Have you ever seen a nurse operate? They are cool under pressure. You have to be. It's part of the job. But the director didn't know how to build tension without telling everybody to freak the fuck out. Because a really good director could have built tension in that scene without having the nurse freak out. They could have used the camera and movement and sound and editing to make it tense. Instead, this director was like, just scream. It's a an incredibly incompetently directed scene. And uh, it's very frustrating because as much as Halloween 4 was a step down from the John Carpenter ones, this one is a fucking drop off everybody's done freaking out michael kills the guy they put jamie on a gurney and she's losing her shit so they're like they give her some oxygen and they're attempting to take her to the to to an actual hospital and then loomis just kind of poof he's just there he's just there and then right as the doctor's just out of fucking nowhere the doctor has the scalpel and he's like she can't breathe we need to stab her fucking trachea i'm like good lord chill the fuck out Did anybody even check her airways at this point? No, no, no. She did. immediately starts breathing once Loomis stops him. Well, yeah, Loomis is like, she, she, she'll, she'll come around. It's fine. She'll, she'll start breathing. It'll be fine. And they're like, you don't know shit. And he's like, yeah, I do. And then she just kind of chills out. I'm like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> and then Loomis is like, see, and the doctor goes, 
all I see is that you still want to kill this kid. Which like, he, he never shows any desire to do that at all. He like uses her as bait a couple times. Yeah, I mean, he he's pretty callous with her. Like, <laughs> like I don't think he gives a shit if she dies I don't blame or not. her for being a little afraid of him. I don't blame her for that at all. Like, I would be fucking terrified of this dude if I was in her position. No, if because Loomis... Because he is scary as shit. Yeah, if Loomis had a little bit of PTSD in the last movie from all the shit that he went through on that one night ten years prior to that, he is completely off in this one, and he's creepy and weird, and I don't even like him to be on screen. He makes me feel so gross. <laughs> That's actually part of the reason I like him being on screen is he's so fucking over the edge. And I love an over the edge Donald Pleasance. I do. And that's probably the point, I imagine. The one idea that they went with that actually kind of worked. What? That he's completely off and making everybody fucking uncomfortable. (laughs) Yeah, and he is. And that they completely nailed. The next morning, these shots are really disconnected and weird. So I don't know. I don't know actually what's happening. I think Loomis walks into the room, finds uh, Rachel, the the big sister from the last movie, asleep, kind of passed out like on on Jamie's bed, sort of like her head's resting on the bed and Jamie's just kind of hanging out there together. And then Tina, Tina is a character that we should like and I want to like her, but I can't because she's really loud and <laughs> kind of annoying. Uh, yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Plus her whole thing with Mike, just like, ugh. Yeah, like, like I like her, but I hate her at the same time. It's kind of a, it's kind of a thing. Like she's really nice to Jamie, and she's they they obviously yeah. love each other, and they have a good relationship and shit. And she brings Max, the dog, and you know, there's a dog. Halloween is not kind to animals like Friday the Thirteenth was. So. Nope. <laughs> so if there's a yeah. dog, it's gonna die. I mean, on the bright up. side, they don't kill him on screen. Yeah, and you don't hear... It's just another body reveal. Yeah, you don't hear the yelp or anything like you do in some movies. And then, uh, you know, Jamie's very excited to see Tina. And, you know, Tina brought her a costume. She's going to be a princess and everyone... Everyone's kind of having fun. Also, the dog is not supposed to be in there. That's why Tina sneaks him in through the window. That's kind of a sweet moment, you know, because it makes uh, makes Jamie really happy. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, she's not just a psychotic child who tried to murder her mother, you know stepmother i guess the retcon for that is that michael was controlling her and forced her to do it psychically which will become apparent in the next movie probably but no i mean i mean loomis says that in this one he says he made you stab your stepmother something like that that's just because loomis is crazy he doesn't know about the cult yet (laughs) (laughs) well yeah that's fair so, you know, and that's Loomis again. He ruins everybody's fun by actually coming into the room. Like, I thought he came into the room at when the scene started, but he didn't, I guess. I don't really know what the fuck. No, he doesn't come into the room until uh, until after they've had their little conversation. And But he, like, opens the door and then the dress and stuff. And then it's almost like his point of view that we see Rachel. And maybe maybe he, like, maybe the idea is that he, like, snuck back behind the door not to not to ruin the moment or something. But, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I'm, you know, I missed that. I will I will have to rewatch it to see. Uh, okay, I'm not going to rewatch no. it to see. Maybe in a few years. But I was going to say, I've already watched this movie three times. I don't think I need to do it again anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, same. So, you know, I said Loomis ruins ruins everybody's fun by being creepy and just kind of going, what's going on in here? And then Tina's like, oh, yeah, oh, I'll take the dog out, I guess, whatever. <laughs> Loomis just immediately brings the creep energy. Uh, Yeah, and then Tina leaves and then a rock flies through the fucking window. And- no, no. It's a brick. A brick. Oh, well, who cares? Aren't, aren't bricks just rectangular <laughs> rocks? Actually, bricks are rectangular clumps of mud that has been hardened and cooked. So it's a rock. 
but it's not a rock. It's a brick. It's it's made of powder. You can break them fairly easily with a sharp impact. You're arbitrarily inserted family members of brick. (laughs) Well, that's true. They are. It does have a note on it, though, and it says, what does it say? The evil child must die. Yeah, nothing like a little pure insanity from the community on brand for the late 80s middle (laughs) midwestern america oh yeah just a little bit so after that cute scene and loomis being all fucking weird rachel then goes home because she's gonna go fucking party with tina tonight or whatever she goes home and we get a little tna but not really we kind of get like teasing tna because she's kind of teasing a yeah yeah there we go i almost said that and i did I, i didn't want to because it sounded stupid but when you sounded it said when you said it it sounded sexy it, it also sounded stupid <laughs> when I said it, but, but I'll know. still say it because I'm a dad. I have to. I'm, yeah. I'm compelled. Right. Uh, the actress is kind of hot, so it's okay watching her get undressed and do things. But I wasn't hating it. No. She gets naked and takes a shower because you got to. You got to have that. The sexuality is very undercut in most of these movies, at least for the younger people and the nice ones that we're supposed to like. Yeah. I mean, you couldn't have her like being deliberately sexy it had to be peeping tom sexy yeah all right continue well, what, with your thought there <laughs> yeah what i was gonna say is the first two times i watched this i thought rachel was going back to her house where she still lived with her parents but then storm when i was watching it with him he says oh so it's like is this where her and tina live or something And I realized, actually, yeah, I think it is where her and Tina live because this was the 80s and college kids could still afford to rent a house together. Well, isn't it the same house? Because I was thinking the same thing. I swear to God, it's the same fucking house, but I'm not entirely sure. But then she talks about how she's going to go spend a a weekend in some place with her parents or something like that's after she disappears. They say that. Yeah, but then she also says that her parents convinced her to leave at some point and she's just like back for Halloween or something. I don't fucking somebody needed to rewrite this script and make me if I can understand what the hell's going on because there's a lot of lines like that and I just don't even know. I'm a little confused about the housing situation because it's totally the same house from the from the fourth movie from the last. Is it? I can't tell. I swear to God it is unless every fucking house in Haddonfield looks the same. (laughs) But it might. I don't know. That's the thing. I don't. My memory isn't sharp enough to be sure. And I'm not going to go back and re-re-watch 4 just to be sure about it. Uh, I enjoy 4, but, uh, you know, once in a weekend is enough for me. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to say probably. Uh, So, you know, the dog's barking and shit while Rachel's running around doing all of her stuff. We all know what's happening. Michael's totally going to kill her, except he doesn't yet. And that's part of my problem with this movie. We could have condensed this to the two parts of this scene into one scene instead of like spreading it out over these two scenes where we introduce these two characters that I hate because they really (laughs) make this movie take a fucking dopey turn with their dumb sound effects and shit. Oh my God. Okay. Yeah. Those guys. (laughs) Yes. Those guys. Not only was this scene where the movie goes completely off the rails because it is, this is the scene where if you had any doubts about whether this was going to be a piece of shit, this scene tells you everything you need to know about what the rest of the movie is going to be like because not only do you have a character who survived halloween 4 okay she survived it she survived michael myers remember that scarred look in her eye at the end of halloween 4 when loomis says they survived the night they'll survive what comes next gone gone she's just happy the door's unlocked and shit she's just running around exactly fucking she's 
Who the fuck would do? There's no way she's just wa- she's hopping in the shower while the back door is not just unlocked, but wide open with only the screen door to keep the dog inside. No way in hell a girl who lived through Halloween 4 is going to be doing that. I'm sorry. It's bullshit. And even Ellie Cornell, the actress who plays Rachel, said in an interview, I don't know if you watched any of special features. I did not, but I can imagine. She said... I got the script and I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, I knew she was going to die this movie, but I expected her to go out like the character we came to know already. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe at the end in the house protecting Jamie. That might have been a good thing. Even if she died in this sequence, okay? Like, give her her character for fuck's sake. She was sharp enough to survive Halloween 4. She was not some kind of brain dead character. <laughs> who just dumb lucked her way through that movie. She was a fighter. She was a survivor. She made it. She she earned her survival to the end. She would have been smart enough to at least sense that something was wrong in that house immediately. It's ridiculous. Like they just completely like 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 this scene is insulting to her character and I don't blame her for being mad about it. Overall, like like the composition of it is good. You know, you see Michael kind of like skulking around in the background and that's cool. That's kind of scary, but like yeah, yeah. The, the character bit of her, yeah. I did I didn't even really think about that a whole lot, but yes. Yeah, it pissed me off immediately. I was like, "What the fuck is this bullshit?" Like she survived Halloween for come the fuck on the first time I watched it. I was I was pissed off about it. But and then we meet those two guys the, the the two deputies Those who fucking cops uh, oh my fucking god i'm surprised like, they didn't have like squeaky shoe sounds when they were walking up because they did have like <laughs> like springy noises and just cartoon sound effects and shit like come on yeah they had uh, they had a trombone in the background boom 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 it's like seriously yeah <laughs> like yeah and then like one of them's like perks up it's like halloween 4 was nice and dark this one tries to be for like a second and then it is not anymore <laughs> it's ridiculous also one of those cops i don't know if you noticed it but i couldn't stop noticing it is the uh the newscaster from Die Hard, the uh helsinki sweden so he plays a buffoon in all of his movies apparently I did not. I did not notice that. Now I'm <clears throat> kind of mad at myself for not noticing it because that would have made them like much more entertaining to me. <laughs> I couldn't stop it. I was like, I just kept hearing him say that. Hell, Sinky Sweden. Uh, oh, yeah. In between like this thing, Jamie has like a freak out moment because she's connected to Michael in a way we don't quite understand. And she knows he's in the house and she's like, Max, Max. But she doesn't. She can't talk. We cut back to the clinic and she grabs some Marcus and writes Max down frantically on the wall. So that's why that's why Rachel ends up like looking around the house. Just who gets out of the shower to answer the phone, by the way? Yeah, do people nobody. Do that? That's who. Okay. Not a single fucking person has ever gotten out of the shower to an- unless you were expecting a really important call. We just wanted her to be wet and in a towel. I got it. But yeah, Max is gone and she's on the phone with Loomis and that's how she finds out. And that's when she calls the cops. Max- well, no, she 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 doesn't call the cops. She like dashes out of the house because Loomis says, oh, right. get out of the house get right the now. House. That's right. And, and she does. And she goes to the neighbor. She's still bare ass naked with nothing but a towel on, by the way. That's got to be an awkward conversation. Yeah. The, in the, the 80s. And then the neighbor like puts his hand on her arm. I'm like, stop it. Don't be weird. <laughs> uh, you know what? I got to say, I watched for it the second time. And at least he doesn't like check her out. No, like, no, he, like he maintains eye yeah. contact the whole time. So I was like, all right, well, that actually. <laughs> so presumably he's a he's not a creepy neighbor. He's not a total creep. All right, good. You know, when the cops are there, Max comes back and she's like, oh, I'm so embarrassed. He's like, it's fine. That's what we're here for, to get cats out of trees and shit. I'm like, all right. 
Let's uh, let's move on from these fucking idiots. Good lord, they cannot die soon enough. Seriously, I can't believe they lasted as long as they did. Then we meet a little kid named Billy, and he likes Jamie. He's kind of annoying, wow. but he's a nice. Kid. Does he ever? Yeah, it's like it's, he is. He is broadcasting it hard. It's like kind of I adorable. actually am completely convinced by this kid. Uh, yeah, yeah, he's not the greatest actor, but like Daniel Harris was super cute even back then. So I'm just yeah, I'm I'm imagining. Yep. It wasn't hard for him to pretend, especially later on when she she like kisses him on the cheek and he's like, oh my God, my first boner. Let's get back to Rachel. She's getting dressed now and Michael's in the closet and there's some cool shots. She's like pulling down a sweater and like you see his hand on the fucking bar in the closet. I'm like, oh, see, that's cool. Why can't we get more of that? That's the tone that you should be setting right now for the whole movie. That That's the way it should be. Get those dumbass cops out of the way. You can have her annoying friends because that's just cannon fodder. That's why... He, you have them so they can all die yeah there's a few scenes like this that are really well done but then there's a few scenes where you're just like scratching your head like what the fuck were they thinking and it's not that this scene isn't well done the scene is well done it's that they're undermining the character so bad that it ruins it maybe lock your doors i know it's the 80s but like you just witnessed something horrific if this were a different character i'd be fine with it but it's not a different character it's rachel we are familiar with her we know her and clearly whoever wrote this scene doesn't and then he's you know kind of skulking around the house like he's in the background while she's putting on her shirt in the closet she turns around and he's gone it's kind of it's, it's again cool uh max is barking again some glass breaks and it turns out it was a picture of jamie in the other room Ooh, she bends down to pick it up and then there's michael and stabs her in the fucking i think he just stabs her in the tit because he does that to people in this movie it's tit adjacent for sure but i i it was like between the tit and the shoulder. Yeah. So there's an artery there. So it's it's feasible that he could have killed her with that hit. And he does, because that's the only wound on her fucking body. Uh, but not enough blood, though. I mean, well, realistically, if you hit somebody in the artery, there's going to be a lot more blood than that. Yeah, but they... And he's able to clean it up just by dragging the body out of the room. They wanted this to be a theatrical movie. Pussies. I know. Mainstream movies were not super bloody and fucked up like they are now. Can you imagine, like, people with an 80s mentality seeing stuff like game of thrones just on tv right now <laughs> oh my god <laughs> not never a getting show. the escalation yeah. between <laughs> not a horror show at all like that's like that that is a that is firmly a fantasy show fantasy a a genre basically for children until like recently right <laughs> There's dragons, but there's also tits, beheadings, uber violence, rape, all sorts of crazy shit. Oh, I, I just want to grab a time machine and get one of these fuckers here. Is this the future the liberals want? Yes. We got to cut back to Jamie now, and she's like shaking and, and convulsing because Michael just murdered somebody, and apparently he gets like a huge boner every time he does that, and it like affects her brain somehow. Yeah, they, 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 they're sharing this psychic link, and she's she's seeing it whenever he kills somebody. And she does not like it. She's not a bad person like him. <laughs> God damn it. Uh, Loomis talks to the sheriff to try and get him on board, basically. He's like, dude, Michael Myers is back and he killed your daughter last year. You know that. And the dude's like, yeah, it's fine. No, no. <laughs> it's, it's not as OK. It's not as bad as that. 
he he comes in and the sheriff is like yeah no he's dead you know blah 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 and then he's like have you forgotten have you forgotten your daughter and the sheriff's like the fuck did you just say he's like okay i know you haven't forgotten your daughter that's what i'm saying then a deputy comes in and says hey you know sheriff they want you down at the cemetery put that in your back pocket we'll come back to that here in a, in a little bit tina goes to rachel's house i guess tina goes to the house whatever house it is i know like she doesn't have a key so i figured it was not her house because she has to get the key off the sill like in the evil dead and max is barking at her and but you know he's a he likes her but you know what i mean you know you know you know you know where i'm where i'm going here and she says she'll I, get him water and she you. never does she's a fucking liar yeah and max is just locked up outside and it's kind of making me sad a little bit but you know i wrote down i know they're trying to build suspense but these scenes just go on and on and on it is tina just walking through the house it's like five minutes of her going rachel, rachel and it goes nowhere no nothing like i think she mike michael's still in the house yeah and he keeps like peeking out behind her but then he doesn't do anything and then when the blonde oh, shit, I, I forgot the blondes uh samantha samantha i'm glad you knew the name because i fucking didn't when samantha shows up they just leave and then she kind of has this moment michael's looking out through the the big front windows at her and she kind of has a moment where she senses something's wrong and she turns around. And this is where 4K is very unkind to this movie because at least in the 4K, I don't know about every other medium. I've only watched it in the 4K. You can clearly see Michael's arm on the edge of that window. Fucking like it's very obvious that he just stepped out of frame. Like you not. can see his hand. You can see his arm. It's I, very clear that there's a person in there. Also, this Samantha person has no personality. She's just there to be hot. Tina's on her way to see Jamie with Blondie. I kept on calling her Blondie because she had a name, but I didn't care. Yeah, uh, that's fair. But she has no personality. She just no. she just has a name. Uh, then the boyfriend shows up, and his name is Michael, but they call him Mikey or Mike or whatever. And who uh, has made an appearance on this movie before, or on this podcast, rather, before. Has he? What, what movie was he in? Jonathan Chapin, he was in Twice Dead. He played fuck. What was that character's name again? Oh, was he one of the bad guys? He was the bad guy. He right? played the Crip. Fucking... He played Crip, the main, the bad guy, the guy, and he also played uh, Tyler Walker, their great uh, uncle or something. I can't remember. That's he played right. the ghost. I knew his face. I his face was familiar. I just could not place it at all. Twice yep. Dead. There's a fucking movie that like has a lot of uh, tone issues. <laughs> Yeah, you're not wrong about that. Hey, we're having fun, and then all of a sudden, hey, this is the most disturbing fucking thing I've ever seen. What the hell? Okay, <laughs> cool. Let's just let uh, this guy blow his own head off with this fucking shotgun. Jesus. And pin a cat I to the door. I think it's because the cast is way more charming in Twice Dead. And in this one, as great, as much as I love Daniel Harris and Donald Pleasance, yeah, I don't know. I guess it was just really frustrating to see them slogging through this bullshit because they were so good before i also wrote down uh tina seems nice she's kind of annoying but she does seem nice so why is she dating this fucking tool exactly oh my god that is all i could think and then later on when she's talking to jamie about it she's like sometimes when you meet a person you just feel like they're your whole world something just clicks all you want to do is be with them i'm like what about that guy is making you feel that way he has no qualities he's not good looking <laughs> He's not nice to you at all. He treats you like shit, like from frame one. What is the draw? So yeah, they're not going to go see Jamie. Instead, instead they're going to get in the car and drive off. And they were going to go see Jamie, but they're not now. So Jamie ends up having another kind of freak out. She gets up. She sees Michael outside her window. 
And then outside the door, when she tries to run away, and she's running all over this fucking place, and she sees Michael's shadow kind of everywhere. There's some steam popping up because it's the 80s, and it's... (laughs) Everything's steaming. And it's maybe a dream, but it's maybe not a dream. I'm not entirely sure, because she gets down into the basement slash boiler room or whatever, and she's being followed by by who we assume is Michael, because it's a dude in a fucking... uh, mechanic suit overall things and she climbs into this little crawl space or whatever and then she he grabs her leg and it's the fucking janitor he climbs into this crawl space that is so brightly illuminated it's like she's got a spotlight on her and is like yeah this is where i'm gonna hide because she did have a spotlight on her because she's the star of the fucking movie (laughs) well she looked like it hiding in that little spot uh (laughs) she could not have picked a more brightly illuminated place to hide and of course, the guy sees her immediately. Fortunately, it's just the janitor, like you said. Yeah. And upon a rewatch, that actually made me go, "Oh, so it's been the it was the janitor the whole time. It's just that she thought she saw Michael out the window." Well, yeah. You know, again, but it was not, actually the janitor. Yeah, I'm not sure where the hell that steam come from. It was a boiler room. It came from the boiler. Well, it came from. Haven't ab- you watched Nightmare on Elm Street? It came from <laughs> above her before she went downstairs. Oh yeah, that's right. That's right. It was like coming out of one of the steam pipes had a leak or something, which is probably why the the handyman was on his way. Oh yeah, that makes yeah that makes sense. There you go. Thank you for clearing that one up because I immediately jump on Loomis here because we you know the nurse is down there. She's like, "You okay? We're gonna take you up to your room, whatever." So she's up in up in her room and there's Loomis in her fucking face going like (laughs) he's like he's like he's just practically on top of her like at one point he i don't know if this is the point or if it's later but at one point he is literally on top of her it's this part because he's in her face going like what's he gonna do where's he at where's he at what's he doing and he just dug up a fucking oh here's the cemetery thing that's coming back he just dug dug up the coffin of a nine-year-old girl what do you think he's gonna do with that he's so terrifying like damn guy (laughs) Okay, he's it's, so fucking scary. I get it, and you need to be medicated. Clearly, you're a fucking psychologist. You should know this. This is the point where I'm like, why is the nurse not doing anything? Seriously, she should be dragging his ass off of her right now. Yeah, instead she's, she's just in- like, hey, you want to not do that? You want to be <laughs> yeah. nice to that girl? Although I admit, I I would understand if she was scared of him too, because he's I'm fucking, fucking scary scared of him. Scene. Jesus. <laughs> After he, after Loomis freaks out about the coffin thing, we see a dude get off the bus and I just keep calling him the boot man because he has like cowboy boots and that's all we really see of him. And he see, kick- I always, I, I always think of him as the cowboy. He kicks the fucking dog when he gets off the bus too. Fuck this guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's like, Hey, in case you were wondering, he's an asshole. Yes. And then, you know, we don't get much more out of that guy except for like little shots of that all, all, you know, I'll point <laughs> them out the- when they happen. By the final conflict, Storm was like, did they just fucking forget about that guy? No, they're setting him up for the next movie. As they were headed toward Michael's childhood home, Storm was like, you know, it would be really funny is if they just totally forgot about that guy. And then 10 minutes into the interminable final conflict in Michael's home, Storm just looks over at me and he says, that. he's like, did they just fucking forget about him for real? No, because he's there. Well, no, he's not there, actually. <laughs> No, he's not there. He pops up. He's, Anyways, he's there when Loomis is prepping the house, but he's not there. Uh, like, yeah, I guess that's during right the now. final conflict. So, yeah, Loomis has a gun now. He has a gun. Oh, so fuck. He's going into the Myers house. No one's been there for a few years, it looks like, because, you know, except apparently the boot man with the same tattoo as Michael. That's he's there kind of wandering around. There's a dead possum in the laundry chute. Uh, Gross. Yeah. And 
and that's just foreshadowing for later. <laughs> Where was that possum stuck in that super smooth laundry chute? That when no Loomis opened the bottom, it fell down and out. Michael dropped it on him. Oh, no, the, the boot man dropped it on him. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. All right. There you go. All right. I could buy that. Then, you know, Michael's watching Tina, Blondie, and Mikey. I don't like him. This whole scene bugs me, and I just want to punch him in the fucking face, but it's okay, because he's going to get fucking wrecked here in a second. Which one, Mikey? <clears throat> Mikey. Oh, yeah, Mikey's just a tool. Yeah, Tina bought him a mask. That'll come into play here in a minute. Apparently, it was supposed to be a Ronald Reagan mask, but they decided not to use a Ronald Reagan mask so the movie wouldn't have any political undertones. So what did they do instead? Uh, Is it uh, the goon from the Frank Miller comic or something? Kind of looks like it, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. So the idea here is that they're getting, like, booze or something illegally because they're too young, apparently. Or they're stealing it. I fucking don't know exactly what the hell's going on. But yeah, I think what they're doing is oh fuck, what's his name? The the really irritating Jizz Master Zero. I can't remember. Jits Jits Juicy. I can't remember what his name is. Spitz. Spitz. There we go. Yeah, Spitz, who is easily the most irritating character in the entire movie, which is saying something because there are those two deputies. Yeah, Spitz. My the way I interpreted it is Spitz works at the store. He's going to buy the beer from himself, move it out to Mikey's car and then tell the boss who is out at the moment that, you know, like, like pass it off as if, you know, someone just came in and bought the beer. That's why I said we can only get three cases or the boss is going to get suspicious. Yeah. I'm like, wouldn't he get suspicious and thinking three cases of beer are missing, but I guess that makes more sense buying it that way. So he pulls around the back and, uh, you know, to get the to get the illegal booze, I said. The hooch. And uh, he's left alone for like a fraction of a second, and there's Michael. Um, This guy loves his car, by the way. He gives he gives Spitz a bunch of shit for touching his car. He gets uh, extremely protective of this car. But I like, <laughs> I actually like this, uh, this, this kill here. It's kind of nice. Michael shows up with this garden claw thing, scratches the back of Michael Mikey's car with it. Ooh, yeah, that um, mm, that's a very unpleasant sequence because they get the sound effect just right. And it's a it's a it's a decent kill. Uh, Mikey gets out, goes like, "Hey, man, what the fuck?" And then he gets the fucking thing right in the head. Oh well, no, he doesn't Lovely. get the thing right in the head. He goes back. He's he's got a crowbar which he had next to his seat, so obviously he is that kind of an asshole he hops out of the car with the crowbar walks up and is like now you're dead and then he pulls his arm back but michael chokes him and suddenly he can't swing the crowbar oh, yeah. bullshit that's exactly what he would do he would just swing that crowbar at michael's head while michael was choking him but okay fine so michael is actually choking him and from the choking he drops the crowbar and then michael plants the 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 tines of the fork thing whatever it is it's like a it's like a gardening implement. Yeah, I fucking don't know what it is. But yeah. Anyway, plants so, it right in his head. So Mikey's dead. Fuck that guy. I'm okay with it. Yeah, I I, I'm, I don't feel sorry for Mikey. Mikey was a tool. Right. And not even a lovable tool. Like if he'd been really, really sweet with Tina, but like an asshole to everybody else, then you it, like at least there would like that's obviously a very toxic person. But at least like there would have been some level of redemption to him. But no. There's not. He's an asshole to everybody. Literally everybody, even his girlfriend, which is stupid. So back at the hospital home thing, I just read that and I probably shouldn't have. It's a fucking clinic. It's like a children's clinic for 
for fucked up kids. I think it's a place for kids with speech impediments. I thought it was for kids. Any indicator. I thought it was a place for kids who tried to murder their parents. And everyone's getting ready for like a Halloween costume contest thing. Billy, this is all. This is where Billy gets his first boner. He gives Jamie some flowers and a bracelet. She's dressed like a princess. He's dressed like a pirate. She kisses him on the cheek. It's so fucking adorable. It makes me sick. Bootman is there. Not there, but he's at the. He's by the gas station. Or no, he's not. He's by Rachel's house when Mikey pulls up to pick up tina and tina's getting ready and i'm like she doesn't have her own house i'm very confused fuck it who cares it doesn't matter uh, mikey doesn't pull up to pick up tina michael pulls up to pick i up know tina. but you know we're pretending not to know that because she doesn't we literally <laughs> we literally saw mikey get a rake to the head nah you can survive that's fine <laughs> either way oh by the way oh. i forgot to mention i was a little bit disappointed by that shot when he you know he gets the rake to the face and then he hits the ground and then michael reaches down and picks him up by the shoulders and drags him away oh, yeah yeah i was really hoping michael was gonna reach down and grab the rake and carry him away by that that would have been a great effect that's how i would have done it i wonder if they tried to do that but it wouldn't work maybe i yeah i mean those tines were fairly you know slim so if they weren't able to get them to like you know like go around the back of his head and you know, provide support. I guess that makes sense. But either way, uh, Tina looks all hot and shit. She's like dressed like a maid with her titties hanging out and all that. I'm rocking some good cleavage there. Am I right? Some good cleave? She's looking pretty good in this scene. I'm not going to lie. Now, if she would just shut her fucking mouth. Just kidding. It's mostly just kidding. it's mostly just that she's so into Mikey and he's such a piece of shit. Uh, yeah. So she ends up, she, you know, he's fucking with her because it's he would he would anyways. Yeah. And she totally expects it. Like she just yeah. accepts, you know, that he's just being a dick. Yep. She uh she gets in the car. She she ends up uh he's like not talking. He's kind of looking at her a little bit. She kisses him while wearing the mask that she gave to him earlier. And she's like, this feels creepy. <laughs> And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're fucking right. So does your entire relationship with Mikey up to this point. And then, you know, Jamie has a freak out at the costume contest because, you know, Michael's there and she's like, oh, my God, Tina, they're going to fucking die. She can feel Michael's murder boner through her mind. And Michael totally has one. Like he's I feel like the reason that he's not killing her is because she keeps referring to him as Mikey. Maybe. Like he would have killed her immediately if she hadn't. It it's pretty it's pretty well established that Michael likes to fuck with people like the first movie with the ghost the sheet thing and all that. He does like to fuck with people. There's no question about that. But he also kind of gets mollified a little bit if the person knows who he is. You know, oh, that at is least true. that at least they play on that in this movie. You know, I mean, there's the scene later with Jamie calling him uncle and with Loomis speaking directly to him, you know, Michael, blah, 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 blah. You know, like he, he kind of calms down and listens to him. He still attacks him, but, you know, it placates him for a minute. And then the boot man watches the whole thing, I guess, just kind of watches everything play out. Michael and Tina then pull over so she can get cigarettes, but she's like, pull over, goddammit, I want some fucking cigarettes. Ah, she's really... I'm like, you seem so nice. Why do you smoke? Nice girls don't smoke. That's why you're gonna get killed, because you smoke. Dude, it was 1989. I know. Fucking Danielle Harris probably smoked. Oh, no. I hope not. Gross. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, cigarettes were like 85 cents a pack that is... and available everywhere. In, dis in vending machines. I do remember that. That was... Even in the early 90s, man. Holy shit. You you know, you like put four quarters into a vending machine. Boom. Pack of cigarettes. Now you put four quarters in a vending machine and you just get a candy bar. That's dumb. 
You don't even get a candy bar for four quarters. <laughs> know, right? Try to make a joke, God damn it! <laughs> Inflation's a killer, <clears throat> and it's not funny. Jamie is then like, you know, convulsing on the on the floor, trying to tell everybody. Uh, oh, she almost falls over over the, the balcony the thing. Yeah, balcony thing. Yeah, because they're doing the 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 costume show up on this balcony, and it's her and Billy's turn when Michael starts going into his murder frenzy. Yeah, and poor Billy's like, come on! Come on, Jamie, don't fucking die! Come on, Billy saves it. her fucking life. She's about to go over the edge, and he grabs her. But then she has the freak out, lays down, and everybody's like, what? What's going on? And she's like, this is where she starts like stuttering and trying to talk and stuff. Eventually... And Billy interprets for her. Yeah, okay, so she like says the word, and then Billy says the same word, but stuttering. I didn't say he interpreted for her well. Like, she's like, cookie woman. And he's like, cookie woman. Like, she just said that. We can hear her. Go away. (laughs) So, yeah, she eventually mutters out the phrase cookie woman because, you know, Tina, cookie woman, uh, because there's a chick at the uh, painted on the gas station that has a cookie bikini over her boobs yeah and yeah it's a it's a very oddly sexual advertisement uh, for cookies yeah my favorite part about this scene though is that she's like cookie woman and they're like uh loomis is like the fuck are you talking about cookie woman there's a woman who sells cookies like what and then the cop he's just like hey uh go to this gas station right here and like he just on it immediately knows exactly where it is admittedly those hypnotic cookie tits would stick in the memory especially of a cop were, am i right yeah exactly if they were donuts, he would have been there already. Oh, they they would have never had to have leave. They would have been posted up outside. Uh, then Tina then ends up coming out of the store. And Michael has, we, we see him, there's like a little shot of him putting on his real mask, his real face. But she gets stopped by the cops just before she's about to get back in the car. And she's like, what the fuck? I didn't do anything. And then Michael has driven off at this point. And she's like, of course he has. What a fucking dickhead. Because she still thinks it's her boyfriend. Because her boyfriend is a total dickhead. Then Tina gets to gets to the clinic. And Jamie can talk now. She's like, Tina. And she's like, oh my God, say it again. She's like, Tina. And I can talk now hey cool what's up tina i can talk now yeah it it was sweet for a second and then she's like i'm back to normal now i was like what come on like convince us yeah there's literally like she stutters tina's name once and then she can just say words now yeah she's immediately back to tina it's so good to see you i was so worried i can't believe what happened oh my god i was afraid for you so deeply afraid i'm getting ready to read the great gatsby right now and you should come upstairs and hang out with me instead of going to this dumb party because you're gonna die exactly which is actually the only convincing part of her performance in this movie again not her fault you're right where she cries this chick can cry this little girl yeah Yeah. oh my god it's upsetting to watch she's so good at it it makes me feel bad i don't like it it's fucking yeah like what did you do to her to get that out of her yeah like did you beat the shit out of her is that black eye she's getting later like real did you like kill her dog in front of her or something like jesus she's so good at that it's deeply upsetting tina though thinks loomis is super creepy also loomis along with uh, jamie is trying to convince her to stay because this is where she gives the when you meet somebody it just makes you feel connected blah 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 you're stupid tina and at this point i'm starting to feel less sorry for tina uh, like a little bit uh, well yeah she even he's like think about what you're doing you're something something's reckless and she's like i'm always such and such a thing he 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 and then she leaves well the funny thing is like she seems so breezy and not stressed at all and i'm like how can you be so callous in front of this poor little girl who is weeping she she, her heart is breaking for you and you're just like oh it's all right i'm just gonna go to the party then i'll be right back and then she hits the stairs and it actually starts to come out 
Yeah, yeah. Like that she's holding back tears and she's trying to not let it affect her. So I think this girl is a better actress than she gets credit for. Again, I'm blaming the director here. Again, she's she's like almost a character, but she's just kind of annoying, so it's hard to... Yeah. I don't know. I'd be interested to see something with her in it from a better director. Loomis then sends those two dipshit cops after her so they can go with her, and then they end up giving her a ride to the farm place, wherever the fuck the party is the tower farm i think and then of course jamie sneaks out and billy goes with her because they're gonna find tina because they gotta save her ass and at the party everyone's having fun the cops are useless they're playing fucking what what some dumb card game one of them's popping crazy eights crazy eights the other one's popping zits and shit and of course michael's right there just like standing outside the window mouth breathing nobody's noticing him because that's how sharp these guys are blondie uh jessica samantha Samantha, yeah. Uh, Samantha, Tina, and her boyfriend. Uh, Tina, Samantha, and Samantha's boyfriend. Jism. What's his name? Spitz. Squirty. Oh, <laughs> Spitz. Yeah, that's it. Uh, they decide to play a prank on the cops because that's what you want to do right now when they're very aware that a murderer is on the loose. Yeah, yeah. So, so Spitz, of course, chose the Michael Myers costume for Christmas. Because he's a fucking douchebag. You mean Halloween? Or- <laughs> <laughs> yes. I mean, Halloween. Merry Christmas. Stab, stab, stab. Oh, my God. That would be a very different movie. Okay. That would be Silent Night, Deadly Night. (laughs) Sundowning over here. (laughs) It's not even dark out. (laughs) They don't know that. Uh, Sorry. I gave you up. You're just... Your brain is just... You did not yes and me there. Your brain is just turning into pudding. It's fine. (laughs) Basically. So the prank is that Jessica and Tina are like, oh my God, ah, he's coming after us. He's coming after us. And then Spitz in his Michael Myers costume with his fucking knife is running after him, going to stab him. He gets Tina and she's like, oh my God, you want my friend? She's a virgin. And then he's like, can I have her number? Ha ha ha. And the cops get out of the car and almost fucking shoot him. They're he's useful lucky they for like three seconds. Shoot him. Yeah. The only time the cops are useful right then and they didn't do anything like they should have shot him. And then one of them literally says, you're lucky you're alive. If it wasn't for the fact that we're terrible cops, you'd be dead right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, you said it, guy. And then the other guy's like, what? And he's like, sorry. <laughs> but they are. They I honestly can't tell if these guys are the worst or best thing about this movie. This isn't a funny movie, and it's not a funny franchise. No. I think in Halloween H2O, like, it, well, I, actually, I haven't seen number six yet, so I don't know. If, oh, like, you haven't seen six at all? No, never. Oh, oh. Um. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not good. I'm not I'm not going into it going like it's going to redeem the thing for me. There's I haven't watched the producer's cut. I've only watched the theatrical cut. It's not good. There's a reason they rebooted it after that. It's a stinker. I'm not going to say it's as bad as this, but it might be. Well, I hope it at least has some fun value. At least watch it. Like it's going to it's going to be fun watching Paul Rudd back in his early early career. Watching Paul Rudd be a super creep. He's a creep in that movie. Is he really? Oh, oh, he's a total creep. He's not a bad. He's not one of the bad guys. Oh yeah, no, I know he's he's, he's like, just he's just a creep. He's the final girl, right? No, there is a final girl okay. who is not Paul Rudd. He's <laughs> her love interest or something. I don't even know if they're love interests. Anyway, they team up. He's like a guy who's spent way too much time locked in his room on the internet. Kind of creep, oh. you know, like not a. Not a bad guy, but like no social skills guy. They didn't really have the internet yet. Well, they did. Well, he did. Oh, did he? Yeah, I mean, it was made in like 96 or something like that. That kind of internet. Okay. 
I think it's like I think it's like the last hurrah before Scream completely changed the genre. Yeah, I know it came out and it, it takes place like several years after this. Anyway, tune in next year for that one. So the three of these idiots end up going into the barn because they're gonna fuck. Yeah, they're gonna they're fuck. Gonna fuck. Uh, and also, there's just like random kittens in the barn for some reason. Why are there just kittens in there? I mean, I guess it's a barn. It makes sense. But why do we have to have the kittens in the movie? Is it is it just so <laughs> is it just so Tina can find the bloody kitten later, which is kind of fucked up? There's a lot of fun ideas with that kind of stuff. And like like it's like, ooh, we tried to make a dark movie, but we couldn't figure out how to actually make it a dark movie. Or it was too dark and it was too scary because this is a kid show. You know, this movie is all over the fucking place. Yeah, it, it, it is completely directionless. As I said, I do believe the director has a vision. It's just he's not a good director. So I don't know why he got a recommendation <laughs> to the producer. Like, I guess... Because um, he works Mustafa- cheap and quick. Like, after after the success of Halloween 4, someone recommended this guy to Mustafa Akkad. And uh, so he brought him in and gave him the reins, I guess. And I don't know what he did before this <laughs> to make him an impressive recommendation, but he certainly shat the bed on this one. He works cheap and fast. I guarantee that's what it was. <laughs> Maybe, maybe, I don't know. So yeah, they're going to fuck. Michael's in the barn, of course. Oh God, we get a cat jump scare. I hate the fucking cat jump scare. Then we get another kind of fake jump scare. At least this one tried a little harder. At least it's not a cat. It's Spitz in his fucking suit again, making like he's going to murder his girlfriend, but then it's just him in the Michael Myers mask and he's going to, he's going to fuck her now. They're going to, they're going to fuck. And then Tina, no, they wanted to scare Tina. Sorry. Yeah, it takes forever. It's like two minutes later where Spitz actually does it to um, Samantha. Yeah, it's like just a series of these fake ass jump scares and i'm like just fucking can we get those over with please i said uh tina finally leaves them to their young people genital play like tina takes off and then that's (coughs) where like there's another stalking montage and then and then we actually think it's michael and he actually starts slashing at like starts stabbing at her but then he rips off his mask and it spits Boo. And Fuck off. You know what? They start They start I'm, to... I'm really fucking done with Spitz at this point. Like, he, he is playing with a level of manic asshole energy <laughs> that is just... Like, it's making me yearn for the halcyon days of Mikey being an asshole. But, hey, at the very least, they're practicing safe sex before they get fucking murdered. That's true. She does make him wear a condom, and he is such a bitch about it all the way. No, he's not. He, he He's the one who has it. She's like, oh, I don't have one. And he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I have one. He just pulls it out. He doesn't even say like, no, we don't need one fucking hair. But no, he, he pulls it oh, out. Oh, wait. Did, did I miss? Oh, okay. I <laughs> yeah. thought he was the one who was like, oh, you know, blah, blah, blah. I thought he was complaining about it. Be- maybe it's because he makes that like ow face as he's putting it on. He's like, ow. Yeah, yeah, he, do- he does do that. And I thought that was a little weird. But I'm like, this is your first time, dude. What the fuck? Okay, I guess, I guess that made me. And at this point, I'm so fucking done with this guy. Like, I'm so full of hate for him. You just implanted five more minutes of him going, fuck you, bitch. I don't want to wear. You know what? You're right. You're right. I guess I must. Because I I would have sworn to you until you said that, that he was like, oh, come on. We don't need one of those. Definitely not this movie. But I could he I feel like Mikey would be more the guy to do that. Yeah. I don't know. Spitz is just so fucking irritating. He's annoying. Whatever. But whatever. We're almost done with him. Let's get done with him. Um, So they're 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 going to start fucking. But, you know, here here's a horror movie trope for you that I actually don't mind. Michael stabs him in the back with a fucking pitchfork. He's really into gardening tools this in this movie. They were trying to pick up where Friday the 13th left off. And that's actually what this movie feels like. It feels more Friday the 13th than Halloween. Yeah, but that doesn't work because Halloween is a completely different kind of franchise. Like, it really is. 
Uh, yeah, yeah, and he's always been. I don't know. I I I prefer Michael just because he's more. He was more real until now. Of course, I prefer Supernatural yeah. Jason over Supernatural Michael. But yes, I, I prefer I Human Michael that. over Human Jason. I prefer Human Michael over Supernatural Jason. I think I probably enjoy the Friday the Thirteenth as a franchise a little bit more than I enjoy this one, just because it was so iconic to me growing up. But the movies in this that are good are way better than the movies in that that are good. I was going to say, you have at least the first two, I think, are... Well, the first the first is obviously... It's obvious. It's just a fucking great movie all, all around, for the most part. Aside from a couple of poor acting choices from these young young women who couldn't <laughs> act yet. And the second one is just like, this is... They're one of the first ones to do a slasher movie that was like that. They were kind of just jumping on board the thing that they fucking accidentally created. And then... Four was just them doing the natural progression. It was still a dark movie, and you know it was it was cool and kind of scary. And then, but f- admittedly, four is the first like supernatural Michael moment. Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's one hundred percent where it starts. And then then this one is just full blown like this. <laughs> yeah. So he's dead, and then some more shit happens. Like she, he grabs a scythe, and she's like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" And she tries to be a badass and kind of fight, fight. I almost called him Jason. See, fight Michael off <laughs> by a. She pulls the pitchfork out of her boyfriend's back, which, admittedly, that's hardcore. Like you got to admit, like I mean, you have to recognize that she would be extremely terrified at that point, and not, you know, not necessarily thinking at her sharpest. But she has the wherewithal to do that. You know, kudos to her. It does That's her no a, good. I don't think she even gets no. any offense in before he's just like off with your head. There you go. No, he he literally like she's driving it right at his chest. He literally reaches around behind the tines and grabs the handle before it hits him in the chest and just throws her up against the wall because he's a badass her efforts mean (laughs) nothing to him hey you know what good on her for trying but she's dead so fuck her and then she gets a scythe to the throat then michael just casually walks out of the barn because he can do that because spitz is a fucking dickhead carrying the pitchfork and the cops are like hey no fucking around. These asshole kids, they have no respect for authority. <laughs> the cops are convinced that it still spits in the costume. But yeah, yeah, they get killed off screen, so it doesn't even matter at this point. <laughs> like Michael walks right up to the window with the pitchfork and they're just giving him shit. So everyone then decides, hey, we're going to go leave the party. We're going to go skinny dipping somewhere. And Tina's like, well, I got it. <laughs> Tina's a good friend. Uh, Tina's Tina, Tina's cool. So she's like, I'm going to go get those two idiots that are fucking in the in the barn. And then we'll we'll meet you there or whatever. And she goes into the barn. That's where she finds the, bloody, she... <laughs> the bloody kitten. Poor guy. The guy who tells her that they're going skinny oh, dipping yeah, is in the skeeziest looking costume he looks like i don't know like some sort of like street dog affected <laughs> with mange or something like that he is so skeezy looking yeah it's it's a little weird and then she's like oh you just want to see me naked he's like yeah basically but then i think i think they I, they're probably friends and he doesn't seem probably as, it, it doesn't seem as creepy and nefarious as it probably and it probably wasn't no it's it's not that he delivers it in a creepy nefarious way he delivers it in a very you know like friends just goofing around way but that costume makes him so creepy because <laughs> it really is a gross looking costume he was a fan of where the wild things are that's what it was oh there you go you know you know what actually storm mentioned that he's like i wonder if he's a th- one of the things from where the wild things are oh yeah i just i just put that together maybe so yeah so tina goes into the shed she finds that kitten with blood all over it and it's really sad and then that's when she finds the scythe it's not it's not a shed 
Oh, it's the shed. A it's barn. a barn. Sorry. Then the scythe, and then that's when she's already screaming when her then her dead friends fall on her. I'm like, yeah, that would do it. All right. <laughs> yeah this this one really is uh, pretty Friday the Thirteenth. Yep. With the human dead falls. And this stuff. is slasher one hundred and one at this point. Like this is this is every slasher movie you you saw in the last five years, and that's what they're doing. Mostly every Friday the Thirteenth movie you saw in the last five years, and that's what they're doing. Yeah. Yeah. There's a body reveal with the cops, and then Michael pops up, and this is actually kind of a weird. It's a weird scene, but it's kind of fun because it's a little different than what we're used to seeing. Because Michael's like driving the car and like chasing everybody all over the place. I don't hate this scene. It's a little Th- stupid, this is, but th- I feel like this could have worked if the movie were better. It could have worked if the editing wasn't so sporadic and weird, and that's kind of well, an issue with a lot of it, too. That's a part of what makes the movie kind of shit, is that, yeah, like the editing's a mess, the directing's a mess, the scripting's a mess. Yep, it's like, where are all, all these this... people supposed to be in relation to one another? Like, Jamie's, like, f- trying to find Tina, and then all of a sudden she's like, Tina, Tina, and then I'm like, wait, she's there now? Like, what the fuck? I'm very confused. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's all over the place. But that's the thing. If if it wasn't for that, conceptually, Michael uses a muscle car to (laughs) try and kill the final girl. That's not a bad concept. No, I don't hate that. That's cool. That's cool. I'm into it. Something we haven't really seen before in a slasher movie and shit. Especially turning the boyfriend thing on her where she still doesn't know it's not Mikey. You know, like she's she's still not aware of that. And suddenly he starts coming after her. Oh, yeah. yeah, it it works. I mean, if you go back to Halloween one, you know, the thing with the sheet and Steve and whatnot, like it works. It That's that's in character for Michael. So I, I don't have a problem with this scene. I, it's just not executed well. Conceptually, though, it's strong. Yeah. And like like I said, the editing's all over the place. He's chasing Tina. Jamie shows up and with with little Billy. And then eventually Michael turns the car around and starts chasing Jamie. And then all of a sudden he ends up crashing into a tree and exploding. But he's not on fire or anything he just steps out of the car and there he is poof and then jamie and billy go in separate directions and michael goes after billy what the what that doesn't make any goddamn sense michael has never given a shit about killing kids with the exception of jamie so now he's just being an asshole especially later it gets worse he pops up from the fire and goes immediately after jamie like he's and jamie can't walk for some reason like i don't know she like i think she saved billy from the getting hit by the fucking car or whatever no billy got hit but like just kind of a glancing blow i think like it hit him in the you know the hip or something like that but like he got knocked aside and then i think jamie tripped over something i think that's what happened but then tina saves her ass and takes a knife i said takes a knife in the tit for her troubles because again that's his favorite place to stab people this time well i mean it makes sense he's a you know he's right-handed stabs her you know and he's coming down you know so like right there in the i guess he did have a knife at this point yep he has a knife now at least i don't remember where he got it where did he get the knife did he well he had it when he killed rachel for sure oh yeah but then later he gets another knife or is that in four maybe i'm maybe that was in four we're thinking about it way too hard now because i've watched them back to back that's the problem so like yeah i I might be mixing them up so yeah i guess he does have a knife the knife is definitely important for michael though like the machete yeah because because he has the Jason. knife when he when he attacks loomis later on so yeah. yeah he had the knife i'm thinking of four that that must be what's happening and then because in four when he chases him up into the attic he finds the butcher knife up there you know does he what the fuck either way billy and jamie then escape but they run into loomis who is just un just as unhinged as michael at this point i said <laughs> Uh, she's like, you're going to help me kill him. You're going to help me kill him. We're going to go to the house and we're going to do this thing. Jamie finally agrees to help Loomis kill Michael. And she's like, what do you need me to do? Because they well, both it's talk not, the same uh, note. 
It's not until she sees Tina's dead body come by yeah. on a stretcher. And then she's like, can you kill him? Yes. Hey, yes. I can. What do you need I'll, me to do? I'll shove a knife up his butt or something. Yeah. Loomis is talking out his ass. <clears throat> Loomis can't kill him. Loomis has no intention of killing him. Hence the dart gun. Well, yeah, I don't think I, I but think I he don't knows want to spoil he, it. I think he knows he can't. Oh yeah, Loomis talks to Michael who's kind of lurking in the woods and the trees there and he's like we're going to we're going to go to your house. That's where you need to go. You need to go to the house. The girl will be there. Blah. I'm like Jesus, dude, you're bait you're using the little girl as bait. It's kind of fucked up. But at the house they have a team of men with guns and shit, but that never works, so I don't know what the fuck they're trying to do here. And Loomis knows it cuz as soon as they send him away, which cuz Jamie like goes into like a seizure conniption thing when and and she's she's like Billy, and then Loomis is like he's at the whatever the fuck it is the the clinic, the clinic. There you go. he he's at the clinic, and then they send all the cops down to the clinic. They send a hundred fucking cops down to that clinic. Like they couldn't have left half of them at that house. No. no, of course not. So now it's it's Loomis and one cop left at the house, and Loomis looks out the door and goes, "Now you'll come." So Jamie then ends up in the room with a nice cop. He's a nice guy. He's he's in some movies that you've seen before. My personal favorite is Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas when he plays the cop at the at the hotel check-in with Christopher Maloney. He was in Demolition Man. Oh, was he? Yeah. Among some I other things. I got to go back and rewatch that. Everybody needs to go back and rewatch Demolition Man. She then has a she has like a little tiny meltdown when she's brushing her hair about Billy, uh, who who is at the clinic, which apparently put out a distress call, but hasn't been reachable since. And that's when all the cops like fucking disperse and leave Loomis, Jamie, and the nice cop guy behind. At first, I'm like, well, why is Loomis so cool with all them leaving? I'm like, oh, that's why, because he's locking the door and fucking. Because originally they're like, we're gonna take her to the police station. He's like, yeah, cool. And I'm like, yeah, that's not cool. You have something fucking. You're doing something weird, you freak. He knew that Michael was gonna kill that kid as a distraction, and he's like, all right, whatever. Uh, he, he maybe didn't know that kid specifically, but he knew Michael was gonna do a distraction. It uh, just turned out Michael was like, well, I'm in the kid killing business now yep so the good cop tries to take her away i call him the good cop just because he's a nice guy in the movie he's still a cop god damn it he is, he, he <laughs> is really nice to jamie yeah. though like he, he's really trying they try to leave and then loomis locks the door and the dude's like what the fuck man we need to get out of here he's like no no we're gonna we're just gonna stay here for a while i think michael's gonna come play with us or whatever it's pretty fucked up <laughs> and then he pulls a gun on the cop and <laughs> the way donald pleasance plays this scene out is Maybe my favorite Donald Pleasance movie moment of this whole movie. Then Michael shows up outside in a cop car and then he kills the guard outside and then ends up inside. It just kind of all happens real quick and weird. Like I said, disjointed kind of weird shit because Michael's lurking around in the house while Loomis is kind of like looking around and then he's on the balcony. They have a nice little face to face meeting where they talk and you're right. He has that thing where he stops moving when somebody says his name. He doesn't have many weaknesses, but calling him by his name is one of them. So Loomis tries to talk to Michael. He tries to take. Oh, yeah. He's like, I don't even know what he says to him at this point. He's just like, chill out. You don't want to kill anybody. Stop killing people. You're you know, I understand why you she can the stop girl. the rage, yeah, Michael. She can stop the rage, that's right. He's like, give me the knife. He goes to reach for the knife, and then Michael's like, nope, I don't like to be touched. And then he fucking slashes Loomis and, like, throws him off the balcony. Just across the chest. Lower abdomen to upper nipple. Oh, God, that hurts. I don't like that. Oh, don't leave my nipples alone, Michael. <laughs> 
Loomis has a split nipple now. The cop tries to escape with Jamie, but that doesn't work because the fucking windows and shit are falling off. He's trying to like grappling hook himself outside. Yeah, it's an interesting little like uh, emergency escape ladder that he's got, but it it doesn't work because it and him pulling on it rips the uh, the sill off the window. Yeah, yeah. So that's not going to do very good. So he ends up hooking it up to a radiator and that works. Well, it, it does work for something. Uh, Michael. It, it doesn't work out well for him. <laughs> while he's trying to get this thing to work out, uh, Michael's punching a hole through the fucking door. Not, Michael not a, Myers style. Not a hole. He's not He's not punching a hole through the door. He's punching through the fucking door. Sorry. I should be more clear about that. Yeah. He's punching the door to smithereens is what he's doing. And the cop, like, tries to shoot him, and he seems to go down, but he doesn't, because Michael doesn't go down when you... Michael already took a bullet to each eye in part two. Remember? Yeah. Which, You're not going to stop this dude with bullets. How can he see things? Why does he still have eyes? I have some questions, but whatever. Yeah, because there's literally in the scene where he's impersonating Mikey and he's wearing Mikey's mask. He has you eyes. You can see his eyes. See yeah, what the fuck? Either way, he gets into the room. He ends up fucking getting that rope ladder or whatever it is wrapped around the cop's throat and fucking throws him out the window. And he's just hanging there. That's awesome. It's a pretty good kill. That was one of the stronger kills of the movie. Jamie Clark climbs into that laundry chute from earlier as she's like kind of wandering around the house trying to get away from everybody. <laughs> as soon as Storm saw Loomis look into the laundry chute, he's like, well, that's going to get used later on. There's some foreshadowing like they do what they were doing for three seconds. <laughs> uh, then, you know, Michael... Michael breaks down another door. She ends up falling down to the bottom of the laundry chute, but that door at the bottom's locked where he, where he, the possum fell out. Thanks, Loomis. I know, what an asshole. And then she can't get out. She's 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 trying to kick the door open, but Michael ends up, you know, walking down to the basement because he's a smart serial killer, I guess. Well, yeah, he, he figures out what's going on. Yeah. So he heads down and she can't get it open, but neither can he because by falling on it, she jammed it. So it's in the locked position. He's trying to pry it open with the knife and she starts, she hears it, you know, she starts trying to climb up the thing. And I got to say, this is the most effective scene of the entire movie. I do not care for this at all. My claustrophobic (laughs) side came out hard. She is stuck in this thing. And then he starts stabbing through the sheet metal of the thing in there at her. He ends up cutting her leg. I'm like, no, mm -mm, no, this is literally the only sequence during the entire movie where i was like literally on edge but she manages to get a foothold on the knife as he stabs it in like the the flat side and pushes herself up to where she's able to grab the opening of the laundry chute above and she crawls out yep she crawls out she uh she escapes a little bit she gets up to the attic and this is where the coolest set piece i think is because you have this good set piece you have this cool little altar to her but you also oh the doggy you see the doggy hanging there and shit and then you see rachel's body in a fucking chair and And wow kudos to ellie cornell she literally looks like a corpse in that she it looks really good it's a it's a good looking set piece and this is where we see the and coffin. That, that coffin, the coffin looks like it was dug out of the ground. Like it, does. it looks like it's several years old and has been dwelling underground for years. And that's fucked up because she ends up getting in the coffin when Michael comes up the stairs. I'm like, oh my goodness, this girl, Jesus. And he, <laughs> he like walks up to her, he lifts the knife like he's about to stab her. And then she's like, uncle, boogeyman. And, then and she, he stops. Yep. She asks to see his face. He takes off his mask. And she's like, look, we're the same because she has like a bruise on her eye. She's like. You're just like me. Except you shouldn't have eyes. Nobody remembers that part. Because in the first movie, one of them got stabbed out. And then in the second movie, they both got shot at. You know what? What Come is it What is it that, that 
triggers them again. I, I can't remember. I, I, I'm i going to throw out a thought really quick. Come to think of it, in H2O, he still has both of his eyes. Yeah, because they do that shot where you can see his eyes. What the fuck? Loomis literally shot his eyes out in part two, right? Yeah. And then H2O. Absolutely did it. H2O skips four, five, and six, and then just is a sequel to the first two. So yeah. he should have not eyes at all. Fine. Fuck it. Just whatever. I'm going to I'm gonna move on now. Anyways. uh, <laughs> Yeah. So what triggers him again? She goes to like touch his face. Oh, that's it. He does okay. not he like, to be, like to be touched. He really yep. does not like to be touched. He has a fear of intimacy. That's what this whole thing is. Yes, he is. That's why he's a bad lover. He like he just, yeah. just one more reason. Yeah, she like goes to touch him. He freaks the fuck out, and then we think you know it's it's it turns into an okay creepy moment for a minute. He puts the mask back on, starts freaking out and stabbing her. She falls out of the coffin. The coffin falls over. Then well, she, she dives out of the coffin. <laughs> oh yeah, like she okay. like she her instincts are good she's like okay no more time to fuck around i need to get out of here and she dives out just as he starts stabbing the coffin hard right where she was but then she gets caught by another fucking crazy person and loomis is there going like here michael look i have her i have her. come get her come get her god good lord so fucking creepy like he's he's gone fully over the edge now He's literally dangling her in front of him as bait. Oh, my God. And so so Michael comes. Mike, Michael follows them out into this open area, probably the living room, whatever. And then he gets caught under a net. I think it's a chain net, right? Yeah. Heavy chain net. Yeah. And like, that's like big links. And then Loomis then whips out this fucking tranquilizer dart gun thing and starts shooting him with it. And, and then, he shoots him like four times or three times, something like that. And that doesn't bring him down. So he's like, all right, cool. I'm just going to fucking, I'm just going to take this two by four and start beating the shit out of him with it. And then, you know, Michael eventually passes out due to head trauma and the fucking twank, tranquilizers. Tranquil, <laughs> the tranquilizer darts. The twank darts. And then Loomis you know has a little has moment. a heart attack yeah then he falls over so he's presumably dead he is credited in the next movie but i but no he's he's fully back in the next movie why he's a major player i know i know he totally looks like he dies at the end of this but they just you know they bring him back and uh spoiler alert his scars have disappeared in the next movie fucking really i know it's six years like later but that does not that's not how scars work no his scars are gone in the next movie i mean i i think maybe they gave him like one little token scar but like you know like in four the entire right side of his face is all fucked up and in this one like there's a good big chunk of his cheek that is fucked like the scar is shrinking as every movie goes forward and then in the next one it's like two minute you know little quick one scar application just a, a a token gesture to the scar that used to be there apparently loomis is not dead fucking a and uh michael's <laughs> definitely not dead of course michael's not dead we knew michael wasn't dead because you know he's locked up in this cell and they want to take he's him like, to like and he's like all chained up and yeah, shit they want to take him to a maximum security prison until he dies and daniel harris little 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 jamie's like he's never gonna die or he'll never die yeah I'm like, yep. fair enough because he'll just he'll just sit there catatonic until next halloween anyways which is what i'm assuming happened when he was in like all bedridden with that dude at the beginning he just lay there for 364 days keep him in a maximum security prison don't even feed him don't do anything just fucking keep him there it won't kill him. It literally won't kill him. All you got to do is keep him locked up in a concrete room. Don't let anybody go in. Don't let anybody come out. So here's an M. Night Shyamalan level twist ending here. <laughs> so they're going <laughs> to. At this point, Storm was convinced the cowboy was just lost in the cut somewhere. <laughs> it would have been fucked up. Why? Don't do that. That would have been fucking stupid. I would have. 
Oh my god. It's still kind of fucking stupid. It is. Really it's not stupid. like it's not still stupid, but at least they remembered him. <laughs> Uh, so as Jamie and this weird looking cop leave, he looks like uh, Wayne Newton now, kind of. <laughs> a little bit. Uh, like in Sharknado. Yeah. What was it? Four, four. or three? Four. Yeah. Four. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he's he got this big bloated face. I'm sorry, guy. Like, I, I'll, I'll, I'm sorry. It's it, it is kind of shitty, but, you know, I, I, I don't know it. I feel I feel bad because, I mean, the dude's what, like 70 80 old. i don't know he's old now uh like yeah. he, he's he, he's plastic surgery to himself into looking super weird but it's like he is in show business and show business is a fucking cruel machine it is brutal but uh so as they're about to leave the boot man ends up going into the going into the police station and then there's an explosion and the cop is like wait here i'm like no wait here you stay with her yeah like radio in for help or something but you got to protect this child man that's your job yeah, so what does she do? She immediately gets out of the car the second he fucking leaves. She's a nine-year-old child. Of yeah. course she gets out of the car. And then she goes into the police station. I'm like, stop. And then there's just bodies scattered all over the place. And she's just like slowly walking through. And then she gets to the cell. And then, of course, it was blown open. And Michael's yeah. gone. And then she has a little breakdown and credits. And credits. And then we never see Daniel Harris in Halloween again. Except for we do. Because she's in both of the Halloween, the Rob Zombie ones. Well, we never see her in main universe Halloween. No. We only see not. her in pocket universe Halloween. Her character. It's like, if she, it's like if she'd shown up in Halloween 3. Her character apparently is in the next movie, though. Yes, she is. And boy, do they do her dirty. <laughs> well, now I'm excited. I'm going to go watch it one of these days here. Yeah, I, I don't know. I got to watch that producer's cut. So that was Halloween 5. That one was hard. Uh, both times I watched it this year, it just <laughs> fucking dragged on and on and on. And it just would not fucking end. This movie needed to lose 15 minutes. The... Like it, 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 we could have we could have chopped 15 minutes out of this movie. You wouldn't have felt it at all. If anything, it would have felt way, way tighter. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. Um, definitely the worst one in the franchise so far. Not even a competition there. No. If you're a completionist, go ahead and go after it, but fucking A. It's not like there's no enjoyment to be had in this movie. There's, there's a few good sequences. And even when she's bad, Daniel Harris is still like really trying to knock it out of the park. Again, I don't blame her for this. And the same <laughs> thing with Donald Pleasance. Even when he's just awful, he's great. You know, oh, he is he is chewing scenery like you would not believe in this movie. Yeah. And I I love it. I can't get enough of the guy and I can't get enough of Daniel Harris. I now want to go back and watch her entire childhood. I just want to watch her grow up. That means you got to watch Boy Meets World, too. She's in one episode of Boy Meets World. OK, I'll watch that one episode of Boy Meets World because I have the background I need. I know who the characters are. I'm good. OK, fair enough. It's one of the best shows. I ever. know the relationships. I know the characters. I can. I can jump right into one episode. My final thoughts are this one's not good. If you're a completionist, watch it, especially if you want to watch the Thorn trilogy. Just do it. it. You you could you could do worse, but you could do a hell of a lot better also. Yeah, my final thoughts are pretty much the same. I don't regret having bought this and having rewatched it, but this will definitely be a reluctant rewatch going say, forward. It's it'll, at the bottom of the rewatch pile, huh? <laughs> Like, if I decide to rewatch the Thorn trilogy, I'll watch it, but I'm not going to be excited about this one. You watch it on one and a half speed. Maybe it'll fucking go by faster. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. I would like to see I would like to see a director's cut of this, but where they chop out 15 to 20. 
Yeah, instead of adding more shit in, like director's cuts usually do, just cut yeah. out a bunch of stuff. <laughs> yeah, it gets it gets shaved way down. I would love that. I would love to see a nice tight cut of this. A tight 80-minute cut of this. Danielle Harris, you deserve better. You do. But, you know, fuck you for this movie. It was all your fault. But yeah, so that's Halloween 5. Watch it or don't. It doesn't really matter. You're not missing anything, but you could do worse again. You could fucking, I don't know. Yeah, this is entirely up to your own discretion. You need it if you're going to... Now, you know what? I got to say, you could pretty much go from 4 to 6 and... The beginning of six kind of doesn't make a lot of sense anyway. It's not like it's going to catastrophically ruin six for you if you skip this one. It'll make a little bit less sense, but only a little compared to the sense it already doesn't make. So in conclusion, like halfway, fuck this movie. I'm done talking about it. Let's move on. Let's tell them that they can follow us on everything social media wise at the Shark Pod. And that if you want to hear us talk about more shitty movies, you can totally do that at patreon.com slash Sharks Across Hollywood, where we talk about the entire Friday the 13th franchise and you you can see how much i enjoyed that and <laughs> we're doing we were talking about all the asylum mockbusters and all that good shit next year we're doing some shaw scope box set nonsense and that's going to be fun we still don't have a clever name for that and we need to figure one out but yeah come to patreon.com slash cross hollywood give us some money you can hear us talk about that bullshit uh what are we doing next time halloween's over so it's november now so next time do i we, think do we have a plan we do we do you're you'll remember when i when i yell it at you right now so okay we're gonna we're gonna hit back to the future the that that's gonna be our first episode of november so i think that's a oh yeah fuck that's right i keep thinking we already did back to the future because technically we did we did back to the future as a practice episode before we officially started recording because i wanted to make sure that everything was working fine but now we're really really gonna do it it's probably gonna be like a five-hour episode so be prepared you be prepared you're the one who has to edit it that's a that's a two-parter right there i'm just kidding (laughs) oh boy we'll try to keep it short but three-parter technically it will probably be pretty long anyways we'll be back in a couple weeks with back to the future do you have anything to add before i yell at them to be awesome and stuff don't usually put you on the spot like that (laughs) happy halloween there's no question have a fucking happy halloween you dickholes and stay jawsome